I want to start out and just say it's truly an honor and privilege to stand before you. Um, when I get to share here for Doug, when he asks, I always get excited. I look forward to this opportunity, to this moment. I believe God has called me to speak his word, but the reality is I believe he's called all of us to speak his word. I believe every single one of us are his ambassador, his messenger. It's not just my job or Doug's job or Ben's. It's all of us. As a believer, to speak the word of God, to share truth as an ambassador, whether it's through your words or through your actions. So I do find it a privilege to stand before you today. Um, when Doug started telling me uh, about the series he's doing called Maturity, um, one question kept coming to my mind about this whole thought. One question I believe that's more prevalent now than ever in today's church. And it's a question that goes back over 2,000 years. And that simple question is three words. What is truth? As mature believers, what is truth? We have to understand what Scripture says as we grow in our maturity. Because in today's world, whether we're talking within the church, outside the church, truth has become relative, especially based on your source of truth. Let me read you a passage real quick to point out something that Jesus even talks about, I believe, within the church that we struggle with. And it's in Matthew chapter 23. He says this to the religious. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, you Pharisees, hypocrites, you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but on the inside, you're filled with dead bones and all sorts of impurity. Outwardly, you look righteous, but inwardly, your hearts are filled with with hypocrisy. That seems harsh. Seems critical. But the reality is, within churches, this is taking place week in and week out. Let me explain. Let's say your family is arguing the entire way to church. You're screaming, you're shouting, you might even have a kid who doesn't want to go. You walk in the door, Doug walks up, hey, how's your week? Oh, it's going great. That's funny, I could just hear you yelling in the parking lot. That's crazy because I know you just went through a divorce. Doug, life is awesome right now. That's funny because I, I heard there was a cancer diagnosis. Yet you're standing here telling me that life is great. Because we're bought into a lie that to walk in church, we have to have it all together. We have to have it all figured out. No wonder within a church, we don't trust each other. Because we're not willing to speak truth. We're not willing to say, hey, you know what, Beth? This is actually what's going on. You know what? My family's really having a hard time right now. For one, that means we'd have to listen to each other. Ty, how's your week? Oh, it's horrible. Oh, okay, it's good. Great. That's awesome. We don't want to take the time to listen. So when it comes to honesty and truth within the church, we're exactly like Jesus says, where were the whitewashed tombs? So then the world looks at us and goes, why would I want to be one of those people? They just put on a happy face. Matthew West has a song out right now that talks about this. And I absolutely love it because it's so true. And I would challenge you to listen to it. Lie number one, you're supposed to have it all together. How many of us have bought into that within the church? If you're a believer, you have to have it all together, Right? Lie number one, you have to have it all together, and when they ask how you're doing, you just smile and tell them, never better. 
Lie number two, everyone's life is perfect except yours. Do you ever feel that way? Like you look across the aisle in church and go, oh man, Don and Beth, they have it figured out. Right, Don? <laughs> Get the stare over the top of your glasses. So keep your messes and your wounds and your secrets safe with you behind closed doors. What is truth? What is truth within a church? What is truth within our families? What is truth truly in our world? And then the next line of this song is what really hit me. Truth be, tro- truth be told, the truth is rarely told. This goes back 2,000 years to Jesus calling the religious whitewashed tombs. And then it goes even further to the religious, to Pilate, asking Jesus, what is truth? What is our truth? Especially in today's world, when our source of truth could come from anywhere. Depending on what news channel you turn on, depending on what social media you buy into, our truth is all over. So that's our topic this morning, is what is truth? So if you guys would, let's pray, and then we'll dive right in. God, we cry out to you now. And I pray right now in this moment, you would be our truth. That all our other sources of truth, all our other distractions, everything else we've even listened to this morning would go by the wayside and we could focus on your word. We could open your word and realize it's your word that stands. That all these other sources of truth will fade. But it's your word that we need to turn to. In Christ's name, amen. I want to read you guys a quote real quick to start out. Truth isn't truth. The author, Rudy Giuliani himself. Truth isn't truth. That's today's world, right? Depending on where you buy into it. Lies are coming at the American people in torrents, raining down on them everywhere they turn, wrote Margaret Sullivan in the Washington Post. Citing a government report that catalogs the intentional spreading of disinformation from Facebook all the way to PayPal. Our problem with truth isn't so much we don't understand it. We can read a statement. It can be very blunt, very clear. But if we don't like it, we don't buy into it. We've started basing our truth more on feelings than on fact. How many choices in life do we base on feelings anymore over facts. We're emotion-driven. Let me give you an example real quick. Wearing your mask. It might be irritating. You might absolutely hate it. You might despise it, and your feelings are hurt because everyone else is telling you wear it until someone in your family gets it. And then your facts change completely. You might be the first person to say, this is all a hoax, all a hoax, all a hoax, until your family member has someone sick. Now your facts have totally shifted. Your emotions are driving what you believe. And we're basing things off of feelings because we don't like what we're hearing. Are we living on feelings and emotions or on truth? What is truth? Our problem with this is we now live in a post-truth 
world. And at first I'm like, I've never heard that. But what's crazy is the distinguishing characteristic of today's environment is post-truth, which Oxford Dictionary named the word of the year in 2016. We live in a post-truth world. People don't want to hear truth. And that goes back to churches. How many of you have attended a church before where you know you can look at Scripture and go, this church is watering it down because it doesn't feel good? You've left the church maybe because the pastor said something that offended you. Even though it wasn't him specifically, he was just reading straight Scripture. It was offensive. And because he spoke truth, you're like, I'm out. I can't, I can't do this. What is your truth? John chapter 18. Verse 38. And I would challenge you guys after I'm done today, take these verses, go home. So you're not just going, oh, Josh said it must be true. Doug said it must be right. Go home and study this yourself. John chapter 18, verse 38. What is truth? Pilate asked. Then he went out to the people and told them he is not guilty. So here's Pilate looking at Jesus, hearing the religious leaders, hearing all their arguments, being the final judge and going, what is truth? He didn't know. He was searching. How many people today in our world are truly just searching for what truth is? And we're searching and we're searching and it seems like everywhere we turn, we get something different. You know, it used to be, Keith and I joke about this before service. You know, when we grew up, so long ago, whatever. If, if this virus happened 15 years ago, 20 years ago, your source of truth would be the 6 o'clock news, and that would be about it. There wasn't social media. There wasn't 80 news channels. There wasn't fake news. There wasn't fact-checking. You would turn on JAC, and Marty or Adam Onk would come on, or Tim Rigby, and that would be it. You'd be like, okay, it was, it was stated. All right, that's it. Our sources of truth have blown up as the Internet has changed, as social media has changed, as technology has grown. You know, 20 years ago, they'd go, okay, there's a virus going on. Okay, we've got to wear a mask. That's what they're saying. Okay, we're going to be smart. Okay, maybe even we'll go to the newspaper. Maybe we'll get two sources of truth. Now, depending on how much time you you could have a thousand stories about one topic that no one really has a clue on. Can you imagine Pilate going, hey, what is truth? Jesus said, well, you want to turn to Washington Post, look at the New York Times, let's look at Facebook, let's look at Twitter. We'll, we'll find out 80 stories where we could all just call ourselves experts. What is truth? You turn on the news thinking you're going to get truth, and first thing you see is fake news, fake news, fake news, fake news. And they're like, okay, I'm going to find reality. Fact check, fact check, fact check. What are facts? And we bought into so many other sources, yet we've skipped going back to the Word of God. And guys, I truly believe this is even happening within churches. Let me explain. What if Doug sat up here for 20 minutes? What if I sat up here, Ben sat up here for 20 minutes? And we told you all straight lies the entire time. 
But Ben was laughing while saying it, so he's the expert. He must know what he's saying. It must be true, right? Would anyone within the church know Scripture enough to say, hey, something's off? Or would we just go, he's the expert. He said it. must be true. Would we know a difference? Because we have televangelists out there on TV saying stuff, happy while doing it, passionate about it, have a crowd falling. Oh, they said it must be true. Would we know a difference? Do we know the Word of God enough to know when doctrines are changing all over? Or do we just buy in? Following blindly. Going, Doug is a great leader. He's a coach. He's got people with him. All right, we're in. Or would we sit and go, you know what, let me open my Bible myself and let's actually look at this. Let's study this and see what Doug is actually teaching. When was the last time somebody selected a church they went to based on truth? How many people go to church anymore based on, I like that music. I like their time slot. It fits my schedule. They have a great kids program. Okay, they have a great kid. Are they teaching truth? Or is it just kind of, oh, we're going to play games for a while? How important to us is knowing truth? This goes back to when I was at Liberty University. My freshman year, every student there was required to take a worldviews class. And at the time, I was new to, to faith. I didn't really understand why I was in that class. I'm like, I don't know, Jesus. That's good. That's just Jesus, okay, I got it. And he was talking about all different religions, all different other things. And I'm like, it doesn't, why does it really matter? At that time, I didn't think it did. But what I will always remember is our professor made us memorize, and we had to recite at the beginning of every class, Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4, 13 and 14. Got too many bookmarks in here right now. We're all over the place this morning. All right. Ephesians 4, 13 and 14 says this. And I would challenge you all to go home and memorize this verse, especially if you have kids, if you have family. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love. How many of us here today would say, you know what, we buy into every news story? We might not want to admit to it, but we do. We see an expert say one thing, and we buy in. We tell our family, we make the phone calls. Hey, I just read this. There's rumors the state shut down. I just read it. There was an expert. We got we to gotta listen. We got to pay attention. And then an hour later, the state, we're not shutting down. Oh, buying in again. And we're tossed all over. We are blown by every wind of doctrine. Do we know Scripture to say, you know what? Something doesn't line up. I want to know truth. Because the church right now is blown all over. Based on feelings, based on emotions, based on lies. And Satan just imagine sitting back laughing. This is going to sound weird, but Lynn's and I were talking about the other day. And it's, it's the reality of how much we buy into to social media and to fake news. You know, there's always talk of Russia involving themselves in the election. Can you imagine being Putin and just sitting there with his associates and going, watch, I want to throw America into to scandal. 
I'm going to put one statement out. I'm messing with your election. Post. Experts in America will be freaking, he's, he said he's messing with it. And he gets to be sitting there laughing, going, ah, look how much control I have. What if that's really what Satan's doing right now? What if Satan is doing the same thing? Hey, let's mess with believers a little bit. Churches are shutting down. Post. Experts. And we're buying into everything. Because we don't know the Word of God enough to stand. We bought into every wave of doctrine. What is your truth? Where is your truth coming from? And I say all this because the reality is, church, we have to get back to the source of truth. We need to turn off all our fake news, all our social media. Like Keith and I were saying, 20 years ago, we wouldn't even know this was going on because we didn't have all these other outlets and sources to buy into. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, I think, gives us the clear, exact example of what the church needs to be doing. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you. And guys, I'm saying this from the stage where I'm begging with you right now to give your bodies to God because of all He has done. Let them be living in a holy sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. And then right here, this is truly the way to worship Him. Don't copy the patterns and behaviors of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Maybe you're here this morning, and you know right now your mind is absolutely consumed by social media, by the news, by the world. Stop copying the patterns of this world. Shut the world off. What if you took a fast from media for the next week and say, you know what, instead of waking up in the morning and turning on my email, turning on the news, I'm going to open the Word of God. What if you one morning, one day, one hour, you said, I'm putting my phone down. I don't need all these other sources of truth pouring into me. I need the Word of God. And letting His Word transform you. Whether you believe it or not, we are allowing the world to conform us. To steal our conversations. When was the last day you went without speaking of the virus, of race, of the election? When was the last hour you went? Probably most of us speak of it every day. Every conversation, it comes up. Literally every conversation we have with people. So what are your thoughts? Oh, you're wearing a mask. Oh, you must be one of those people. And we allow it to consume us. When was the last day you spoke of Jesus? What if every time somebody brought up the mask, we simply said, hey, what's God teaching you lately? Instead of focusing on the election or the virus or anything else, we literally focus back on God. And let Him be our truth. Well, I read this article. Good for you. I don't know about you guys, I'm tired. I'm fatigued by the world's news. By the world's truth, 
I want God's truth. I want my mind to be transformed by Him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you. How can God transform you if you're not opening your word? How important is His truth to you today? And then bottom line, when it comes to truth, the truth for the church, Jesus makes it very clear in John chapter 14, verse 6. I am the way, the truth. You want to talk about a blurred line? A progressive truth? Churches don't even want to speak that Jesus is the only way. The world doesn't want to buy into the idea that Jesus is our truth. This is what we have to stand on as our ultimate truth. Doug got up here. Turn your eyes upon the news. No. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Yet when we wake up in the morning, what's more important to us in our daily lives? You know, there's days, Lindsay, I go, we're not going to talk about the virus today. Two minutes in, phone blows up. Honey, did you see this? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Yet as believers, our Bibles have become a bookmark. Something to fill our shelves. When was the last time we opened the Word? How will we know truth if it's not looked at? How will we know when the world is lying to us if this book never moves from our shelf? Like I said, if Doug got up here and spoke for 20 minutes and didn't say a word of truth, would we know a difference? Or would we go, oh, I heard something like that on the news. Yeah, I must be right. I did hear that. And he could make something up completely. Will we know a difference? In Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, Paul says this, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true. How can we fix our thoughts on what's true if we don't know what truth is? How can we fix our eyes on Jesus if we don't know the characteristics of Jesus? If we're just taking someone else's word for it? How can we fix our eyes on truth if our mind is more consumed with things of this world? We buy into things, to news stories, that by tomorrow will be gone. Expert might say something today, and then by tomorrow it's fact-checked and deleted. Going, well, I, I bought into that. The Word of God is what stands forever. This is what we need to buy into. When you read stories online, when you start questioning, when you start going through your anxiety, start fact-checking yourself. Does it go back to Scripture? Are you basing your truth, your facts on Scripture or on feelings? We need to go back to Scripture. Isaiah chapter 40. Verse 8, the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the Word of God stands forever. Trump withers and Biden fades. Social media disappears, but the Word of our God stands forever. What if the church became so consumed with truth, with Jesus, 
instead of how consumed we are with politics and race and media. How much would we see the world changed? Because we knew truth. Going back full circle to the very beginning where we started in John with Pilate. Because the verse right before Pilate asked, what's truth? Jesus says this to him. Jesus responded, you say I'm a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth will recognize what I say is true. Do we as a church love the truth? Do we want to know the truth? Are we willing to speak the truth? Are we more based on feelings and emotions? I'm going to close with this thought. Think about even within your family. Your husband, your wife, your kids. How many times is it easier to water down the truth because of feelings? I don't want to hurt their feelings. I don't want my kids to be upset with me. I'm watching them drive off a cliff, but I can't tell them that because I want to be their friend. I'm watching my husband, my wife, make stupid decisions, but I don't want them mad at me. I don't want to cause conflict in the home. So you know what? We're just going to let go by the wayside. Instead of speaking truth in love, we're watching families crumble. Instead of speaking truth within a church, when we see things that are going against Scripture, well, I don't want to upset the leaders, so I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. We're basing things on feelings. Jesus didn't come to worry about your feelings. He came for truth, to be the example of truth. And when you look at his example with the disciples, there are many times he was blunt. Peter, get behind me, Satan. He didn't worry about their feelings. He didn't worry about the religious leader's feelings. He was about truth. What about you? What about you in your life? What is truth? Where is your source of truth? Because the world will take over our minds, influence us, especially if we don't know the word of truth. Church, we need to get back to the word of God, to studying it. So when the world throws lies at you, fact check. I'm taking it back to Scripture. I want to know truth. I want to be a church that knows truth. Let's pray. God, we cry out to you now. There are so many voices around us that can trick and deceive us, say things that sound good, base things most on feelings. God, you weren't about making us feel good. You're about purifying our heart. Christianity isn't about emotion. It's about truth. So God, I pray right now we as a church would come back to you. We would turn our eyes to you when there's decisions to be made. When there's thoughts to be had. That we would go back to you. But God, that takes us opening our Bible. Putting the work in. Scott, I pray right now you take an honest look at our hearts. Convict us. 
change us and lead us to your truth. In Christ's name, amen.